0: Wednesday night, generational change. I'm Jen. I'm
1: Peter, and we just came back from a wonderful engagement.
0: We did, which is why we're not in our usual uniform. No, we're making a habit out of this lately. Literally just rolled in. So we were just at a benefit called um, Just Say No to Hunger, which mm-hmm. is the annual um, benefit for Mobile School Pantry, which is an organization that everyone knows we promote and talk a lot about and volunteer with. And it's just, it was a really nice event, and it's just a lot of roomful of people that just think children shouldn't ever go to bed hungry.
1: Yeah, I know. Quite a foreign concept. Crazy.
0: Um, So that was really nice. And, you know, there were a couple of awards, that principal from Martin Luther MLK Elementary, that she's amazing. And just, you know, it's really nice. It's nice to be around people that actually
1: care. Well, considering how many nonprofits you can't trust, this is definitely- Yeah,
0: like this is definitely as local, homegrown, all the money goes to help feed the family all of
1: it so the sushi was wonderful
0: the food was good the food was and actually they had a benefactor an anonymous benefactor Mm. that covered the event so that every dollar that they actually raised for this event went straight to food
2: which is really cool right
0: basically and they had an anonymous benefactor basically matched the party which is pretty neat and um it's a great organization and i highly encourage anybody who is in the south Florida Broward area to check out Mobile School Pantry. They do amazing stuff.
1: Yeah, they really do. And obviously, we have some wonderful guests coming on this evening. Of course, Jamal Thomas. uh, We're going to learn what's going on in Ukraine because to to be honest,
0: I am not really that up to it. I, I just feel like. That's one conflict slash war that I have not been very on top of. And I know with like I know that there is a situation The basic principles. of I do. I understand the principles, but I have not been sort of like up to the minute really following. And so we're going to have Jamar come on. And he has been, fortunately, and can tell us really with detail what's going on. Uh, My assumption is it's bad.
1: Yeah, it's it's not good. It's not. good, (laughs) And of course, uh, we know what the big story of the day has been. Obviously, over the last 24 hours, uh, not really much of a surprise. But of course, Tulsi Gabbard has decided to leave formally the Democratic Party. Like, couldn't see that. That's
0: not news. That was news. How
1: is that news? Well, of course, it was an opportunistic move on her part. It was opportunistic for this reason it was opportunistic because she decided to make a big announcement off all across social media in conjunction with her latest appearance on Joe Rogan and officially launching her own podcast how convenient there's always there's always intention there's never just one like i'm just doing this because i really believe in this no it's like let me see how much i can get out of this while i have the opportunity
0: well now, yeah now i could also explain that there's like We do that to some extent, too. Some of that is politics. Some of that is strategy and making smart moves and trying to figure out what puts you in the best position and all that. Some of that is true, but it ultimately comes down to what's your mission? What are you trying to accomplish? Are you doing that for your own career? Are you doing that for your own pocket? Or are you doing that for your bigger mission, which is something that serves a majority of people? So, there's nothing wrong with strategizing and being politically strategic and smart and making calculated decisions on where you go and who you promote with. That's all good. Like that's not a problem. That's actually smart marketing. I don't have a problem with that. But when it's so self-serving, it just it, it doesn't it just doesn't do it for me.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely do not see the the decision that Why would Tulsa you a Democrat. Well, I mean, again, you can only be a Democrat in Hawaii, just like you can only be a Republican in Alaska. Like, there are certain things that you can only do. Again, the circumstance surrounding the lady who won the congressional race in Alaska as a Democrat is probably a very temporary thing. However, uh, sometimes everyone breaks through. In the case of Tulsi, she's always been very politically independent. It is a one-party state. Well, but
0: that, the woman who, who you're saying won is a Democrat, she won against Sarah Palin, right? Correct. Okay. That's a low bar. Friend. It is a low bar. That's
1: a low bar. It's a low bar. But it's a, but it's a bar that was crossed nonetheless. And so in the case of Tulsi Gabbard, who I always had a great deal of respect for when I knew her. in the, in the Again, you never really know somebody. I mean, I always respected the fact that she served our country dutifully, and I really appreciated that. Uh, I've met her multiple times. Um, and you know, we've had nice conversations. I don't really have anything ill to say about her from that perspective. But you know, the most important thing was she was second in line behind Debbie Wasserman Schultz at the DNC for several years. But when she figured out what was going on over the course of the twenty sixteen Democratic primary, she decided I can't I can't do this. And
0: right. I still respect that regardless yeah. of what else has happened. Like right. that was
1: still the the move of integrity. Now, again, she may have been some people think that that's political opportunism. Maybe. But I got to tell you where she was at that time, that was not political opportunism under any circumstances. They were grooming her to be somebody really high up in that party. And she decided. Well, you know what? I have to keep my integrity. So so she,
0: with her leaving the party, so now is she saying she's she going to the Republican Party or is she no party affiliation? No
1: party affiliation, but she is kind of, I don't know, she's kind of hinting at that whole third party thing. That's kind of what she's been talking about.
0: You mean like I heard about something about her with Andrew Yang?
1: That might be possible. I'm not going to say it isn't, but we don't know anything yet. They both ran for president. They're probably friendly. We'll see what happens. I have no particular issue with Tulsi whatsoever, actually. The
0: only, the only, I mean, I don't agree with her politics. Like I don't, that's what I'm Like I don't, I don't support her politics, but there's a lot of people who I don't support their politics. My problem with her is I feel like there's no clear answer. It's Almost like how I feel about Charlie Crist. You're like kind of, where are you? Where are you? And I don't mean label-wise. I mean, where are you? And that because was the thing. Like, and that was the so only thing that we tell. put
1: out on social media today was that if we could ask Tulsi one question, it's do you still support Bernie Sanders and what he stands for? Because to me, that's really all that matters. Well,
0: that's what I mean. Like, what do you st- Where are If she no
1: you? longer supports what Bernie is espousing, then I have to question very, very highly how much she really was being honest about where she stood in the first place.
0: Well, that's why people think it was political calculation in the first place. And maybe right. it was. And maybe it was and maybe, you know, we're, I, I'm naive about thinking that. But I think she's just somebody who really, if I look at her with the exception of her supporting Bernie and taking a stand on Bernie, otherwise, I don't think I ever would have she would have ever been on my radar. I would have never know, really known about her. And I probably would have never really supported her because a lot of her politics are just way too far right.
1: It's, and, and again, me. she's very she Tulsi is very socially conservative. Like which very socially conservative. Which
0: is not it, my thing.
1: That's if that's your prerogative, and that's fine. Now, I think that people have a, a, a some a great deal of overreaction to the fact that she is like that.
0: Gamecock, are you asking us?
1: Because
0: I support funding for no boars. Yeah. unless somebody is coming up on our shores and threatening our country. Our physical country. And yes, that does include islands. But like, unless that's happening, no, I don't support funding wars. I don't support imperialism. I don't support us bugging, budding in everyone else's business so that our military industrial complex can make money and we could steal their natural resources and control their people. No, I don't support that. I don't support funding that. I don't support any of that. So, no. And I'm against the next war after this one.
1: Definitely Just, agree. I want that on Definitely word. agree with that. Um, and of course, Tulsi, you uh, I mean, who can forget the job that she did when she got on the debate stage? I mean, it was, it was what she curious. did to Kamala Harris. It was story, my goodness, she really knocked her off. I mean, she really did. See, that
0: that's, that and, is the thing. One thing I do like about Tulsi,
1: she got balls, and she paid, and she, she paid the balls. price for that. And what makes it even, but but to me, and this is where I think Tulsi made the colossal mistake when Hillary Clinton came out of her nest and decided to say that essentially, Cody, we love you, brother. Thanks for coming up so quickly.
0: That's our friend from tonight.
1: You know, the fact that she, the the fact that Hillary had to come out of her nest and say that a a woman who serves in the military, in the U.S. military, who is in the (laughs) medical unit, is actually a traitor and a Russian asset and all this crap. And the Democratic establishment went with what Hillary was saying. But of course. The problem is, Tulsi's response to this, to call Hillary Clinton queen of the warmongers, yeah. In the moment, it's a viral tweet. Everyone's either excited about her or hating her for it or whatever. Tulsi had an opportunity in that moment to respond as a soldier to basically say, you're wrong, Hillary Clinton. I serve my country honorably, and you have started multiple wars, and that would have gotten her a lot of juice. I believe that. She handled it wrong, and everything has basically gone downhill as a result, and she found herself being welcomed with open arms by the political right. Now, why, Jim, would she be welcomed with open arms by the political right?
0: Because they hate all things Hillary Clinton.
1: That would be one reason. Number two, Tulsi is a woman of honor, and that matters a lot to people on the right. It does. The Democrats have, for a very long time, completely discounted the military and yeah. mili- service men and women in many ways. Yeah. And that's a problem.
0: Well, that's and fun. I, as somebody who is anti-war and anti-war um, department, I, 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 we don't have a department of defense. We have an offense. Um, I actually do respect people that have served a lot because contrary to the geopolitical issues that I have to me, for the most part, people who serve believe in something greater than themselves. And I respect that. So that to me does matter. And I actually do appreciate the idea of our commander in chief, of our commander in chief having served. Like I actually appreciate that idea and somebody who's going to be, making decisions about other people's children that are serving in the military. I prefer that they've served preferably in combat. I do. And, and I don't think that that's unreasonable. So it's just a preference. It's not saying like, it's, it's not like an all, or like, I'm not adamant about it, but yeah. And I think that the fact that we haven't had a commander in chief since George HW Bush that has served in the military is speaks volumes as to where we are right now we like don't I, count, it, we
1: do not count George W Bush no we okay, don't count sir,
0: no so that to me, I do, I do think speaks volumes. And even though I was not a Bush senior fan, he was absolutely smart enough and had enough sense from his experience not to go into Iraq after they pushed Saddam Hussein out of Kuwait. That was the purpose. We were getting him out of Kuwait and they wanted to. Oh, Wolfowitz and Rumsfeld and all those little ghouls were all standing there wanting him to go into Iraq. And he didn't because, and he wrote a huge paper as to why that was a bad plan because he actually was really bright. You can't run the CIA and not be bright. So he wrote a whole paper on why it was a bad idea. And then they, but they were able to get Junior to go in and do it because Junior, not so bright.
2: Yeah, well,
1: uh, you know, uh, they misunderstood Whatever,
0: so so it was a bad plan.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, again, there were some good aspects about Tulsi, but there is no question that Tulsi decided to move literally into the arms of, you know, Tucker Carlson, the Fox News crowd, all of these guys. And she has made it her point to basically go hard after the Democrats. Now, I would not have a problem with that because there's a lot of valid points that she does make. But she seldom if ever goes after the GOP. And if that's not enough, here's somebody who I know on good authority is actually in New Hampshire right now campaigning for this election denier candidate, uh, Bulldog, who's running for the U.S. Senate against Maggie Hassan. You know somebody
0: campaigning for that?
1: Tulsi's in campaign. Oh, that's
0: what she's doing? Oh, my God.
1: So for anyone who doesn't think that Tulsi doesn't have some type of a plan with the GOP, I don't know what you're looking at. It's pretty obvious as far as I can see. And yeah. Uh, and I agree, Joanna. She Tulsi definitely um, yeah, she's socially conservative. 100%. Which that's, is just not my jam. Which again, not cool, but she could potentially be an economic populist and support these issues, but she has moved as far away from universal health care, living wage.
0: I don't think she was ever really in support
2: of universal health care. I always
0: questioned that like the way she sort of danced around that was really not, like, it, 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 never felt like she was just saying, yes, I support this. It always felt like there was a song and a dance about health care with her. Always thought yeah.
1: that. So I, I would definitely say, uh, you know, for from my perspective, I do think that there is the positives and the negatives. But at the same time, uh, I understand that a lot of what she's doing is opportunism.
0: 100%. I mean, yeah, and quite honestly, for me, it's not like I actually care one way or the other. It's not like I have such a strong connection with the party where I feel like, oh no, we'll miss her, or oh, glad I'm she's gone. I, I really like. I it is don't well. For whom? Well, but again, I guess it's really the whole thing about politics. Because they were so productive with her. Like she really helped them be. No, I'm
1: saying that she didn't have to basically do what she's doing, but she sees where the dollar signs are. I still think that her long term plan is to be the vice, the VP uh, for either uh, Trump or DeSantis. I think that that is her her goal. I could be wrong, but that's where I think she's going to land. And that's what I think she's trying to get at. You know, she'll make money. Uh, she'll get... Consulting? No, but, you know, doing her podcast, making TV appearances. That seems to be the thing that she likes to do.
0: I and would think she'd end up getting, like, a really good job with somebody like, you know, Raytheon or Boeing or one of those places. Uh, she might really... She'd be amazing. I mean, like, I could see her being, like, a lobbyist for that.
1: No, I definitely agree. All right, so we're still waiting on Jamal. Hopefully he'll be joining us shortly. Uh, just shot him a quick message. Where is
0: he? I forget where he is.
1: I don't know why, but I think he might be in D.C. I'm pretty sure he's in D.C. Okay. So he's our time zone is yes. this point. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, he may be. So, so guys,
0: if if you don't know, on Saturday uh, we are hosting um, a, pa- a series of panels called "Deconstructing Zionism." And let's I'm put the thing up here. Okay. Here's the thing. This is the thing, and it's going to be on Saturday from two to five. And right now, I only have three full panels. However. I'm considering that it's like maybe keeping this as a series and so periodically having interviews and panels and guests that are dealing with this discussion. So I'm thinking that this might become more than just that day. But for Saturday, I have three panels of people lined up. There's going to be really good conversations. There's some very uncomfortable truths. This has been very, very difficult for me. The whole thing about deprogramming, about Israel. It's not been easy Like there's been crying about this. It's been it's not been easy to do this. And I feel the need to sort of help other Jewish people kind of get through this and face like face some very inconvenient, difficult things. So that's where I'm going with this. And I think it's very important. And I have people coming on that can explain things a lot better than I can. That's my thought.
1: Yeah, I'll just be hanging around. Uh, Who is going to be joining us?
0: Okay, so our first panel is going to basically be addressing history of Zionism, The basics. I am really done with the conflation of Judaism and Zionism. They are not the same thing. I am very proud to be Jewish. Judaism existed long before Zionism. It'll exist long after it as well. And I really need to separate those two things. That's the first step. So we're going to talk a lot about the history of Zionism, a lot of misconceptions, um, and really talk about like what the situation is geopolitically where we are right now. Just basics. The second panel is going to talk about how media portrays um, the Palestinian and the Israelis and how they make it look like it's just very out of reality, at least Western Eurocentric. And certainly in America, um, our media does not cover this properly. So the second panel is going to be um, Katie Hopper, Rania Kalik, and Walker Bragman. And, you know, three Jews and, and not three Jews and a Palestinian um, talking about um, the media's sort of lack of, of any courage and spine in covering this. And then the third panel I have is going to talk about the intersection between the Black Liberation Movement and Palestinian Liberation. There's always been a very strong connection um, in, historically here with the Black Liberation Movement. Um, that's not, B, when I say BLM, that's what I mean, it's not Black Lives Matter, it's the Black Liberation Movement. And we will be having on Margaret Kimberley, who, I, I love her, yeah. and Phil Agnew. And these are people that really understand that link and I think as somebody like growing up very Zionist in South Florida um, there was always this certain um, like kind of attitude about certain black people in terms of like calling them out as anti-semitic and growing up I never really thought much of that and now I understand it like now it makes sense to me they're not anti-semitic they actually believe in not having Palestinians be oppressed and genocided So they, what it is, is that when one group of oppressed people can relate to another group of oppressed people. So,
1: Jen Gencakanan wants to know: I'm Catholic. What is Zionism? Okay, so
0: Zionism is the movement and it started in I was like the late 1800s 1860s, I think. 1860s yeah. um by a man named Theodor Herzl I believe Austria mm-hmm. this was in Eastern Europe and again this is why I'm having this panel because I don't know the facts but Zionism was a movement that that based out of real anti-Semitism in Europe at the time it was this was real like the there's legitimacy in why they wanted to create a Jewish state, but Zionism is the mission for the Jewish people to have their own land, their own homeland, their state, a sovereign state. And that has been what has been pushing for the creation of the state of Israel since then that's really what it is and it's based on legitimate fear i want to be very clear about that like the idea that jews could be genocided is extremely rational i completely agree it actually concerns me it's been one of the reasons it's been hard for me um, to say speak out against israel because part of me is concerned like what does happen to jews if there's no israel if if and but the problem is is that my fear is not reason to create policy that oppresses millions of other people, right? So my my thought is this: so the fear is rational, but the conclusion of the state of Israel existing how it exists is not the logical conclusion to that fear. So I, I really think it's important to distinguish these things. I am really sick and tired of people like my congresswoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz throwing out accusations of anti-Semitism against people that are not anti-Semitic when there are real anti-Semitic people. Make no mistake, anti-Semitism is on the rise. It's a problem here, it's a problem in Europe, it's a problem everywhere. But people speaking out in favor of BDS and people speaking out against Palestinian oppression are not anti-Semites. They might also happen to be anti-Semites. Like, I guess that there could be some, but that's not the same thing. They're not the same thing. And I am not letting them have that narrative anymore. I am infuriated with
1: it. Well, because, again, the reason they use that narrative is to do very nefarious things politically.
0: It's so they don't have to have a nuanced discussion. They don't have to address it. They just label you as an anti-Semite and that's it. And everybody sort of just, you know, accepts that because we're scared to say something. So I am just done with that. I am done with that. I am proud to be Jewish. I am not a Zionist. I don't think you can have an ethno state without an ethno cleanse. And I think that when we look at where we are, when we look at actual facts, which most Jews that I know were not raised with those facts, I know. We weren't taught about, we weren't taught there were people there. We were taught it was a land with no people for a people with no land. That was the slogan. We weren't taught there were people there. So I just, it's very bothersome that most people, like my congresswoman, just shout out accusations of anti-Semitism as if somehow they are so much more entitled to a piece of property that really, quite honestly, is the cradle of civilization. We're all from there. Like the amount of people whose heritage is there is lots and there were lots of tribal people there and there were Christian people there and there were lots of people there over the years. Like it's it's and I just I'm done. I'm, I'm going to combat them every time they call somebody anti-Semitic, every time she comes out and says so because she can't have an adult nuanced conversation about Zionism. She's incapable. And I am tired of it. I'm tired of their talking points. I'm tired of their bullying. I'm tired of APAC. I'm just, I'm so done with it. It, yeah. it, it. it makes me, that is the kind of shit that makes us look bad. That's the kind of stuff that I think pe- like perpetuates perpetuate anti-Semitism. Because they're now saying, you want to completely content, you want to tie Zionism to Judaism. I don't want that affiliation anymore. I don't want that affiliation anymore. And by the way, the reason that the radical evangelical christians are all on the same page with you it's not that they care about you i assure you not it's that they need us all to be there for their rapture their crazy nonsense Stunning. doesn't Sarah Palin
1: believe that the rapture is coming well that's
0: why there's so many like gop people that are so, so such zionist and i totally understand i'm going to get hated i'm going to get calls from my family i know people that probably won't speak to me it could definitely hurt my future political aspirations. There will probably be clips of this conversation playing over and over on an ad by APAC if I ever run again. And I just don't care.
2: What
1: are you going to say? That's going to be so bad.
0: No, I will be. Let me tell you, they, they, I don't care anymore what they say. This, if this is the hill I die on, this is the hill I die on. We're doing wrong. We're doing wrong. It's that simple. And I'm not going to, I'm just not going to happen.
1: Emerald it is correct. Yeah.
0: Oh, there's a lot of things about it. But what's really interesting. So um, one of our first guests on Saturday is Rabbi Brant Rosen. He is out of a synagogue in Chicago called Siddhaq. T- oh, I can't remember. He's ex- I'm reading his book right now called Wrestling in the Daylight, A Rabbi's Path to Palestinian Solidarity. And this is somebody who lived in Israel, was raised a Zionist, was a rabbi, rabid Zionist and has come to accept facts as facts. And I say this to people all the time, you are entitled to your opinion. You're not entitled to your facts. If you know the facts and you still support an ethnic state, that's fine, support that. But you do not get to claim it's a democracy. It is not a democracy. So pick one. You want an ethno state, you think it's okay to keep a second group of citizens as lesser than, you think that's okay, own it. You like an ethnostate, own that you have to ethno-cleanse. It's called, in Israel, they call it mowing the lawn. They Mm. do it periodically. That's what happens when you see little skirmishes pop up in Gaza and in the West Bank. It's mowing the lawn. They have to keep the people miserable and oppressed, and they have to keep reducing the population. And the only way that you can maintain an ethnocracy is to suppress the other people that are there. It's the only way. And it's like, it's so logical, yet we hate to think that because... It's like nobody wants to think that you're oppressing Uh, other people.
1: I love the Catholic tradition. Definitely uh, speaks volumes. Yeah, this is the type of nonsense that people believe. And this is why I'm an adamant uh, defender of the Constitution for the separation of church and state. I don't care what you believe. You can believe whatever you want. Just don't involve it in anything that has to do with my life.
0: Well, and so what you have is you have people that would tell you um, they're so against the idea of a theocracy like, oh, places like Iran, those places are horrible. They were, sure. really, but yet it's okay if it's your religion. And it's so infuriating to me that you can't even have a reasonable discussion about it because the facts are the facts. Like, I just, it's so frustrating to me that they just point at you and go anti Semite. And then you just, most people just sit and take it, especially if you're not
1: Jewish. I can't say I'm totally surprised, comedy, calamity. But definitely Ben Shapiro and Kanye are fighting on the same side. See, this is the thing about conservatives. And I love Ilhan Omar.
0: Yeah. Read her autobiography. Highly recommend. Uh, Her life is she's. And you know what? Whatever you think about her, don't think about her. She represents her people. She represents her people. She represents her community extremely well. And they try really hard
1: to get her out. Yes. And they'll try again.
0: I it doesn't matter whether you like her or not she's doing her job well according to the people that she represents yeah. that's what matters yeah and she's just badass
1: you gotta be to she different lived for, things that she does she
0: lived in a Somalian refugee camp in Kenya when she was thirteen years old was when she so from when she was like nine to thirteen like these very important years she was in a refugee camp where there was like death all around her like crazy stuff that like People in this country can't even fathom. And then she comes here and you think that somebody like Debbie Wasserman Schultz calling her an anti-Semite is gonna scare her. <laughs> like you these oh, people have seen too. things and been through things that you will never like well, it's she just did it to leave. Yeah.
1: And again, <laughs> All um, of it. one of the things that ended up costing, you know, our friend Katie Halper her job at the Hill was yes. because she called out Debbie directly. And the next thing you know, she didn't have a job anymore.
0: It wasn't just that it was basically she wanted to put out um, something that they don't want to hear, which is that she looked basically and confirmed that Israel is, in fact, an apartheid state and that there have been many leaders of Israel and their cabinet that have referred to it as an apartheid state. See, the thing about Katie is she'll do her homework. So it's like if you're if you're going to, like, put something out there and expect her to just let it go, it's not going to happen. So and she's like a dog with a bone. So she's going to do her homework. And she did. And there are so many people that were in Jewish leadership that in Israeli leadership that had referred to the state as an apartheid state. Yeah. So I am. I am so tired. And I the, the fact that there are 26 states in this country, by the way, people, you don't know this happens. A lot of people don't know. Well, my friends know. But um, there are 26 states that have anti BDS legislation in their state statutes. Right. So that means that any time that the state contracts with, let's say, an independent contractor, whether a county in a, a school board, contracts with an audiologist to come and test the kids hearing and these private contractors that those counties are allowed to require those employees and contractors to sign um that has a clause in their contract that they will not participate in boycott divestment and sanctioning of state of israel that by the way no other Country or anything, would you have that kind of clause? And so there was a woman who was like a speech pathologist in Texas that actually sued because they wouldn't renew her contract. She's Palestinian and she didn't want to sign an anti BDS clause. Nor should anybody have to sign that because that's against our First Amendment rights. It is. It's such a violation. You can boycott and divest and not spend your money however you want to. And here's what pisses me off the most. So if money is speech, right? Money is speech. Money is your free speech. You could spend as much money as you want to buy off as many candidates. So if money is speech, then how is anti-BDS legislation not violating my right to speech? Then my speech is how I allocate my money. If money is speech, then that's how I allocate free speech. So I am, I am tired of that. And every single time, Debbie, every single time you say it, I'm going to counter it with something else. Every single time you say something that is so ignorant, and just so unbelievably back-ass word because you just cannot be bothered to learn real history. I am going to counter it. But she doesn't
1: want to learn it. I don't care. She doesn't
2: want to
0: learn it. I don't care. I'm going to just keep putting it out there and putting it out there. And so whenever you get your APAC goons to come after me, it won't be news to anybody.
1: So there. <laughs> You stated your case. I
0: stated my case.
1: Well, I'm not sure if our friend Jamal Thomas is going to be coming on. At this point, it's not looking. What
0: happened? He totally messaged us today and said, "I'm." I'm." he
1: messaged us like at 8:20 saying that he he's going to come on. Yeah, I'm available. I'll click shortly, momentarily. That was 40 minutes ago.
0: And you're sure that you didn't accidentally send him like the Google thing?
1: I would think he would have responded. But look, he responded to this email.
0: I understand. That was just from tonight. I understand. Okay. All right. So that's the okay. So then that's... Don't know what's
1: going on, but... Things happen.
0: Things happen. And Jamaro is definitely somebody who's like in on a lot of information and things going on.
1: I love that word, Chris Garrett, smugnerant. That is a great word. Uh, That's... I forget the comedian who came up with that. That is good. Yeah. So we will address... Uh, what's going on in Ukraine? Um, we obviously would love to have Jamal here. Maybe he'll pop on. Um, the
0: truth is, and I don't know enough. Like I, I know what I know just about in general about that the war drums are always going to bang loudly because that's what we do. Here, um, but I don't know the details. Well,
1: here's what we know: uh, the the uh, NATO has gotten involved, uh, no question. So this is great. not just a war that's great. against Russia. There's yes. a reason why Ukraine has re- recaptured certain degree of territory. A lot of it just has to do with the fact that NATO is involved. Um, there has been billions and billions of dollars of our money that has been put into Ukraine. How it's being used, we'll never know. Uh, are, you know, is there a, a weapons, uh, you know, you know, convoy, if you will, that's constantly being flown into the nation. Yeah, it's very possible. I would imagine that that's probably so. But, you know, all war is hell and war is always an economic opportunity. So when you see this endless amounts of money that is coming from, you know, the, you know, the treasury and it's being sent over there and you're considering all of the problems that we have here at home. That's one element of it, but then the other element that you have right now is you have President Putin of Russia, who is not exactly a stable individual. He's very much a political tyrant, but, which you have to remember, is in any type of warfare, you have to give your opponent an opportunity to save face. If you don't, and they have the type of weapons that can annihilate the planet, don't think that they would, you know, there would any be reason not to use them. Because if he thinks he's going to get cooed, or God knows what, who knows what a person like that is capable of doing? What I do know and what I do believe is that right now we're dealing with a very dangerous situation because President Biden went on national TV recently and said, we have a way of dealing with this problem by eliminating the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. And lo and behold, within a matter of hours, it was destroyed. Now, a rational person will look at that and say, that's an act of war. And if you go to war with Russia, then that's World War Three. Now, you have to ask yourself, is that something you're prepared to do? Now, most of the people who are loud and proud about supporting Ukraine and putting the flag in their profile and all this, these are not people that serve in the military. They are not from parts of the country where you would be forced to serve in the military because it's your only economic way out of your circumstance. And they are certainly not somebody who would ever think twice about acting in what I would consider a chicken hawk manner.
0: We're going to need to have like another veterans. We're going to need to have like Isaiah on. And maybe Danny Scherzen and people that have actually served, like, come on and talk about this. There are people who certainly do
1: not understand how many people have already been killed and will continue to be killed. The United States military industrial complex is prepared to kill millions. And why, Jen? Why are we prepared to kill millions in Ukraine? Because we think we're stopping Putin.
0: Well, Why are we willing to kill? It's just war. It's profit.
1: Well, yes, but there's another layer to that. Which is? Again, how much natural resources are in western Ukraine and we want them.
0: Oh, it's always about well, it's always about natural resources and I mean what we what's in it for us.
1: So when <laughs> Putin says that Ukraine is part of Russia. Now you can say that that's not true and I would be inclined to agree there is a degree of sovereignty that absolutely must be afforded to Ukraine. There's also a significant Russian population that's in Ukraine that wants to be part of Russia again. So what I would say is the average American who thinks they fully understand what's going on there, we know as Americans kind of very little when it comes so to little. domestic issues. Oh my
0: God, we know so little. You think little. you know anything
1: about what goes on in foreign affairs? You think because you watch MSNBC or something. You think CNN. you're informed? <laughs> it's not good. People. The only thing I know is what is real, what is tangible. We're sending money over there we are. We have extended the NATO border from East Germany all the way to the front line of Russia. Which do you have any weren't idea how supposed much, to do no. that. Do you have any idea how much land that mass set is? It's probably about <laughs> half the United States. Can we just talk about how
0: we provoke all the time? We're all the-, the time. We...
1: I feel like we're the
0: annoying little brother that's just sitting there doing that. God, and I'm then, not touching you. Right. And then and then the brother hits and then the brothers who gets funny. Like, so, and that's what it feels like. Like we sit there being so provocative. We keep our worships at people's borders and in their waters. And it's just like, And then people dare do things that show any sort of like self-determination and we just can't handle it. It's
1: just crazy. So what I would ask everybody is if you are convinced that Putin just unprovoked went into Ukraine, I would ask you, uh, why exactly would he have gone in there unprovoked? Is it possible that maybe they've been attempting to get NATO off their border or they were attempting to get part of the land. You know, again, we invade countries all the time, all the time, all the time and
0: and mess with their elections.
1: Correct. So when we decide that we don't like what another country's doing, it it all of a sudden becomes Um, a big problem. Now, again, I'm only bringing this up because we as Americans really don't have any idea as to what the motivations are of Putin, of Zelensky, of anybody. We can think that we do and very smug people in politics think that they know, but they don't know. They don't have any clue. There's only a few people in the whole world that know. Yeah. It's a
0: very small group of people. And it doesn't matter what their nationality is. It They all are on the same team and it's not ours. That's the thing. Like, I really don't care what language my oligarchs speak.
1: All wars are fought over money and power. (laughs) That's all they're fought over. If you think there's any grander scheme here, there isn't one. There is rich natural resources in the trillions in Ukraine. And let's
0: be real, war in and of itself is so profitable. Absolutely. Even if there was no end game, like, which there really isn't one. But let's say they didn't even have a strategy. It's just the whole idea of just the war machine. It just gets their juices flowing. Debbie hasn't. You know, somebody said Debbie likes war. Debbie hasn't met a war she doesn't like. That's true. Debbie gives the, the Department of Defense, she gives them more money than they asked for. <laughs> like She's all in that.
1: No, that's definitely... Of all the things of Wasserman Schultz, her 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 love for the military uh, knows no bounds.
0: So we had a question in here. Somebody asked me if we knew the result of the lawsuit in Texas um, from the lady that was the about anti-BDS legislation, and we do. We actually win. Um, <clears throat> this was in January, and I now I'm remembering this, and I'm looking at this up. But they Texas is not allowed. To, okay, so this wasn't even her suit, this was somebody else, this is an engineering firm right. that was doing business with the city somewhere. So obviously there were multiple cases that they, I don't know if they got consolidated or what, but um, Ju- U.S. District Judge Andrew Hanen I don't know him. Um, I, I was a clerk in Texas in the federal court, that's the only reason I say that, not that I would normally know judges. Um, he stopped short of fully blocking a state law that prohibits government agencies from doing business with certain companies that boycott Israel. His ruling said the free speech rights would be violated if contract with the city included a clause saying the company will refrain from such a boycott. So as of and this was this is the Texas Tribune and this is January 31st of this year. So apparently he acknowledged the judge acknowledged that pro-Palestinian view is protected by the First Amendment. This was um said the CARE, attorney CARE, if everyone doesn't know, it's like coalition of Arab or American Islamic relations. I forget what CARE stands for. The attorney said that may sound like little crumbs, but it's a controversial take and it's a blessing. So this was a win. Let's just say that this was, Texas is one of more than two dozen states with laws that seek to limit boycotts, divestments, and sanctions of Israel over its treatment of Palestine, actions often referred to as the pro-Palestinian BDS movement. I've learned so much about this people because anybody who knows me knows that if I'm going to like be talking about something, I'm going to know what I'm talking about. I'm going to research it. I'm going to know it inside and out and backwards. I am going to know more about this issue than anybody (laughs) like that is going to be my mission. But BDS is specifically designating businesses that are doing business in the occupied territories. Not Israel as a whole. And here's the thing. I don't do boycott divestment section personally, like participate in it because I'm always sort of leery as to who ultimately gets hurt. Like if there's a particular business that I know is just like there's one local here, the people that do duty free America. They're horrible in terms of the. Um oppressive in the um, occupied territories and so yes i would boycott i wouldn't use them but i didn't use
1: them anyway comedy calamity they're not the soviets we really need to stop calling them that that's like
0: yeah they're not you know what they are they're they're capitalists actually in fact the the oligarchs over there are actually worse than ours oh yeah um Mm -hmm. and they just also happen to have right now an authoritarian leader which by the way so have we
1: well, we do a lot of things over
0: there. I'm just the saying it's like we like to look at them. People, they have eight bases in the world. Eight military bases. Eight.
1: And their economy is like nuts. It's the
0: size of Spain. And yet we're like, stop using them as some sort of straw man threat. I'm so tired of, of why it.
1: I feel like Joe is just, of all the things that concern me the most about Biden being president, his handling of foreign affairs is just...
0: Well, I don't think he's handling anything. I I, I don't Um, think he's handling anything.
1: Good friend that a lot of people know who I will not mention messaged me the other day basically saying, yeah, Joe's just.
0: He's not there. He's not there. And so whether or not. All
1: to stop Bernie Sanders.
0: Was it worth it, people?
1: I'm sure for people making money, yeah, it definitely was worth it. for the. Well,
0: I would argue the people that were so hell-bent on stopping Bernie Sanders, those are the people that got us Trump. See, they'd like to think it's the Jill Stein voters, but no, no, it's not.
1: And even if it was, no one is entitled to your vote and no one wants to hear your crap about, well, that's the way things are. You have to grow up.
0: But I do think those are the people what got us Trump is that those are the people got us Trump. Because I saw in 2015 and I remember this so clearly telling people that your next president is going to be Bernie or Trump. Please choose wisely. And they all looked at me like I was nuts and said, no, we got to get behind Hillary because it's so much more practical. We need to be more in the center. And if and we again, don't go more to the what center, more reasonable. And I said to them, I'm like, people, I'm telling you.
1: The more money people have, the more means that they have, the more they uh, are going to see politics through a lens of extreme comfort. Yeah. Which is selfish." people i just and that's how it
0: is and here's like, the thing. They think it is that, that it's they think that it's people it's so funny when people who i think of is very privileged they accuse people of privilege for not supporting incrementalism like you're so privileged your life is so good that you don't think an extra ten thousand dollars is worth it no it's not that it's not that i don't think an extra ten thousand dollars is worth it it's just that i know that incrementalism doesn't matter to the people who need it the most because here's the thing the people that are truly suffering in this country and i know this is hard for a lot of like People in the upper class levels, economics of society to understand there are most people in this country, their lives suck financially, and it doesn't matter who's in the White House. Their lives sucked with Trump. Their lives sucked with Bill Clinton. Their lives sucked with Obama. Their lives just sucked. And that's because all of those groups are the same team. They're the team that siphons the money from the poor and gives it to the rich. So it doesn't matter to the really poor people whether. And by the way, even Roe v. Wade being overturned doesn't really matter to truly poor people because they haven't had access to abortion and reproductive health care for so many years that for them it doesn't make a difference. So it's like, there are, that's, how, that's how out of touch I think people are with where most country is in terms of their participation in politics. That's the problem. And it's like, it's so frustrating that, that, they, don't, that they think incrementalism is the answer. It's like, that doesn't help anybody. It's, it's just keeping us stuck. You cannot fight the right with the middle. No. And it's like, that's what they're trying to do. You're gonna to try to A fight fendous, right populism with the middle? center.
1: Yeah, I know. I mean,
0: it, it, it doesn't work.
1: It's, but again, it's like they're pretending that this country isn't desperate. That's the problem. Yeah. They're pretending like there are not millions upon millions of people who have had enough.
0: It's just They've unbelievable. When I lived in Texas. So this was in uh, 97 to 2003. And I was doing the cases for the for the girls. And I remember like that was abortion was legal. Abortion was legal in Texas. I mean, you had to have parental consent, which that's a whole other nightmare. But like, it was you could. It was there. Yeah, in the state of Texas, which by the way is quite large, there were two places where you could get an abortion. So if you think that regular people and uh, maybe not who don't have transportation, who have no means, can have access to go to one or two places in a state that big to have an abortion, so to people like that, to people that struggle, does it matter to them if it like if they can't get it now? Like, I just, I don't think people understand how, how poor is poor. That's what I don't think. I don't think people understand how poor is poor and how many people are at that point right now. Yeah. Like, I, I'm, it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. And I just don't think people understand how bad it is. It's bad.
1: So now it looks like our second guest isn't arriving. And- <laughs> Just really inconsiderate <laughs> on some people's parts. Uh, uh, you know, we, we try to run a good show here. We and, do. And
0: sometimes, as like, you guys, anybody's fault, it's like sometimes things don't work out and things don't happen. And, and sometimes we, we just sort of have to wing it. But for the most part, we do have very consistently good guests and good shows. We do. We do. Very upset
1: about our so, guests okay, not showing up tonight. Though.
0: Yeah, it's not, not cool. cool. It's no. not
1: cool. No, and I thought that this conversation was very important. It's it good is, thing I oh, the,
0: and it is important. It's a good
1: thing that I changed the uh, the subject line of the podcast this evening, because initially I had Jamal's name in it. Thankfully, I took it out. So now, it, it so you're saying relevance. that nobody's
0: disappointed now?
1: I can't say that nobody's necessarily disappointed. I'm disappointed because I really was looking forward to speaking with him. And Angelica Duenez was supposed to come on the show this evening. I had messaged her like three days ago saying, look, we do this at 9.15 and not... 830. Uh, and for whatever reason, uh, never heard a response, uh, heard a response from resistance, And you
0: you're right. Uh, you're right. You're bad. We get blown off by the best guess. But you know what? We, we have. Some, I would I'm I sure would say, honestly, honestly, it's it usually it's not because of anything. Once somebody if somebody agrees to come on, they usually mean to come on. That's usually the case. Like if somebody wants to like blow us off, they just wouldn't respond when we invite them on. We get that, too. But generally, if somebody or we're told we're not big enough. Oh, my God. I'll never and I'm never going to say that person's name. I'm never going to give that person an ounce of any sort of like recognition or whatever. But there was someone that was coming on to talk about their book and literally told us that it would be irresponsible
2: of all the words to use.
0: Irresponsible of him to come on a platform as small as ours, as opposed to, and, and it was what, but as if you had to one hour or whatever to do everything. I don't know. It was weird. It was, it would be irresponsible of him to come on our show.
1: I don't know. Considering that i guest that we've had on multiple times who he considers to be like his sworn enemy has found his way on our show multiple times, but he's not good enough to come on. Eh, I don't know, man, you're kind of making a case for your opponent being the better person. Well, he is say, anyway. Just saying. and, and,
0: Honestly, people really like coming on here. We've had so many people. Like, once people come on, they always come back if we want them to come back. We've never had somebody come on, want them to come back, and then they didn't come back. Or
1: say that they were, God, I hated coming on. No. Like Still.
0: No. Like, there's people coming on that have been on multiple times. Like, that we have come on multiple times. Like, I'm excited to see Margaret again.
1: Yeah. Love her. Well, Saturday will be fun. Saturday uh, will be well.
0: It's fun, but it's hard. This is going to be hard, people. I'm telling you, doing the work is not easy. It'll be hard, but
1: it's it's important. Um, Obviously, the panel that's going to attract the most attention is, of course, going to be our middle panel, which is going to be Katie Halper and Ronnie Kallick and hopefully Walker Brackman. I have not gotten a confirmation follow up from Walker.
0: People, it's, a, it's a rough, it's a rough thing to do to try to put together three panels of people, but it is. Um, we'll um, it the truth is regardless of who comes, it's going to be really good conversation and there's enough. As, brain long, power. as, Katie, as
1: long as Katie and Ronya are here, yeah. there will be a lot of people that I'm sure will take an interest in what is being discussed, but this is also what I think could be a very informative time um, because a lot of people need to really understand that there's a lot of, again, it's big business. There's a lot of money involved. We're being
0: censored. And a bad,
1: bad, like... It's not what I'm talking about. Oh, but I'm, I'm just talking about how, you know, the pro-Israel lobby, oh. it's big money. It's big business, you know? And and we have to be uh, honest about why these things happen. Again, I'm sure that there is, you know, you got the true believers out there that's a, you know, they really feel that they're doing a service by getting behind whatever the cause is that APAC is calling for. But in reality, it's, they're just a special interest group like anything else. I
0: can tell you exactly what they're calling for. And by the way, they have flat out said, this is the biggest conundrum I have for the APAC people, right? So they, the head of their um, lobbying pack, has flat out said that they're not about Jews. They're not about Judaism. And they're not. They're about Zionism in Israel. So then if that's the case, and they've said that they're not about Jews, they're not about what, doing what's for the Jewish people. They've said that. Then how do they get to call people anti-Semitic for not agreeing with their program if they're not about Jews? Can't have it both ways. That's what I'm saying. Like if you're if you're not about Judaism, then you can't claim people who don't agree with you are anti-Semitic. That's true. Like that's it, again, I hate to use it, but that's like Jews for Jesus. It's a, it just doesn't work. No, it works. It's an oxymoron. I've met I've met a couple. Okay, no, I have a cousin who was said he was after a while, but I'm just saying it's one of those things just just completely the concept is just not right.
1: Fair it's enough.
0: philosophically it's philosophically illogical. Uh,
1: i I don't know if destiny would even have any interest. Uh, I mean, I would talk to him. we would talk to him
0: uh, well'll yeah. we'll I'll talk to anybody as long as they're not rude, yeah. I'll talk to anybody. I'll have anybody on and talk about things. There's certain things I won't debate. I'm not debating healthcare. I'm not debating abortion. I'm not even going to debate Israel anymore. Like, I'm just done.
1: I think, if I remember correctly, is like a frenemy of uh, Bosch.
0: Well, they've had some really good debates. Yeah. Like, they're, they're kind of, I would say, colleagues.
1: Our night is winding down, so we don't need to have a long show tonight. So one thing we always remind everybody, if you go to patreon.com forward slash generational change for as little as five dollars a month, you can make a real impact. As this evening showed, we were supporting a wonderful cause Mm -hmm. with your help.
0: We support Mobile School Pantry is one of the many organizations that we support. I got
1: to have sushi this evening and I have you guys to thank for that.
0: That's not the point of it.
1: That's not what your money does not go to Peter having sushi. I mean, technically. For $10 a month, you can get yourself a mansion parliamentarian bumper (laughs) sticker along with a Lulu sticker. (laughs) Which is really, really important (laughs) because we all know that this is the team that's calling the shots here. Or at least that's what the Democratic establishment would have you do.
0: These were the reason we couldn't get things done, so they must be very powerful. That's all I'm saying.
1: Very, very powerful.
0: Very powerful. Hmm. That's... (laughs) I make the weirdest stuff on canvas sometimes. Like I'm just sitting there and get these ridiculous ideas. Like if there's any Yellowstone fans out there, I have made this amazingly good graphic with Beth Dutton, and it says Beth Dutton is my spirit animal. But it's just a re- I did a really pretty graphic. I almost kind of feel like I'd love to sell it, but I don't think I can. I think there's trademark issues.
1: Twenty five dollars a month will get you a generational change baseball shirt. Here comes the sun. You've seen me in it. I'm not in it right we now.
0: We wear the jersey, Oof. you guys. Oh wait, he has him here. There you go. This is the jersey. It's the Gen Change jersey, guys, and just you know, these shirts are really soft. Yes, they are. I like these shirts. I have now. I I feel like I have become a connoisseur, especially of campaign t-shirts. I have become a connoisseur of t-shirts, and I can honestly say that our shirts are like the softest and the nicest ones.
1: Yeah, I rock it. It's and also,
0: great. yeah. Uh, and it's 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 true because a lot of people, and I get it, money is an issue. It is definitely an issue. I'm not saying it isn't, but sometimes, sometimes it isn't even because the money they actually just don't know better. So that's when I'm saying the thick shirts for campaigning, they suck. And the really thick cotton with the tight neck, mm-hmm. like you might as well be in a
1: scarf. Well, last but not least, we also want to acknowledge our amazing small business neighbor. Which of course is APAC Insurance Agency. I'm going to be giving them a call because I don't no.
0: know. No, Apex. You said APAC.
1: And you I said Apex. You said Apex. No, I said Apex. I know what I said. Don't say APAC. No, I said Apex. So a- please, <laughs> Apex Insurance Agency, Home, Life, and Auto. And I'll probably be giving them a call about my auto insurance. Ah. Oh. So. Thanks, Geico, for letting me <laughs> Are down. You, like,
0: up for a change? I'm I am up for a, renewal? for a change,
1: not with the way that Geico's been treating me. I've you had get Geico? issues before, surprisingly, and I've got a flawless record, so whatever. <laughs> what? I,
0: you. I said, first I said, take that off my face. And then you had the arrow just sitting on my nose. Oh. And then you were telling me that you have a flawless record.
1: There you go. I this. don't want that. <laughs> so... Make sure if you are not currently covered for your home, auto, or even life insurance, give Apex Apex now you said it, insurance right? agency a call because they are really, what are you doing? You
0: put it on my nose again.
1: Oh, I didn't, I I'm not trying to do that. <laughs> so do yourself a favor and call that because Jen's getting under my skin.
0: No, so. this is, he's starting to get hangry. And that's the thing, like he needs to be fed every couple of hours or he gets kind of hangry. Catch that's up. what happens.
1: If you go to Cash App and you are not so inclined to become a patron, which is understandable.
0: Thank you. Thank you.
1: I said Apex. Oh,
0: my God. Oh,
1: Uh, yeah. Cash App forward slash. Well, no, not forward slash. Just go to Cash App with dollar sign gen change.
0: Yeah, this is also helps us guys. All the kinds of stuff that we do really is donate to like local good community stuff and candidates that are non-corporate. And things that are generally part of our mission in transforming politics into service. That's, ba- that's basically it. We're sort of like a curator mutual fund um, of what we do with our donation money. So that, that's basically it. I always use it for things that I know anybody who would be supporting us would want to support. That's really, that's really what I do. It's, you know, it's kind of unofficial. And it's like my thing. But I, I really am a good steward of everybody's stuff. Oh, no.
2: Oh uh, well, no! It's been a while since I've been around, but, uh, Jen. It's good to see you this evening. I've I've dressed in my Sunday finest, so there was no way I couldn't come on the show. You know, I heard about that uh, Tulsi lady, and you know she. Pretty much pissed <laughs> off hillary uh, one too many times and you know we all know what happens with our family if you mess with the clinton cabal it's not going to end well and, you get
0: ark uh, well we're not going to talk about that ark <laughs> familiar with that term oh i am it's like homicided but yeah, by people well, from arkansas it's called yeah. ark you, know,
2: you know i'm getting too old for that that's fact. what happened to
0: jeffrey epstein
2: if any of you have not gone to cash app for dollars on gen change you definitely want to support the cause or of course you can go to patreon.com forward slash change uh, they could use a lot of that <laughs> change. I could give them money, but you know,
0: you'd have <laughs> to, to of, take it out of your money laundering it's operation. Up, it's, it's
2: tied up in some uh, not so you know clean places, so I can't really talk about because it. Because the Clinton Foundation is a money laundering operation. The Clinton Foundation doesn't exist. It never. It's did. a fiction. It's a fiction.
0: It's always been a fiction. Well,
2: we had to make our money somehow, so, oh, so uh, unfortunately, just had to do that. But it's great to see. You. I heard <laughs> you were at that event this evening. Uh, there were some fine ladies there. Uh, managed to work the room, but then Hillary called, and uh, she kind of screwed. There were right? a
0: lot of really pretty girls there tonight. Yeah, they, 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 and well, and yeah. plus, I and and you know what? Here's the thing: a lot of those people really did rock the orange. Orange is like the theme color, so a lot of people w- wear orange to the event.
2: Well, they say uh, orange is the new black, so you know. For you, good. it
0: uh, definitely should be brown sugar.
2: How come you taste so good? Oh, nah, You myself. definitely should be wearing an orange jumpsuit. No. That's not going to happen. In no, lifetime, I know. Girl. I know it isn't. I know you dream about it all the time. But well, I assure you, you, I do not, not dream, dream about you. It ain't, it ain't ever going to happen. No,
0: I know it can't happen. I know that, but it's unfortunate.
2: So a lot of these uh, great supporters understand exactly what you're doing. Make sure you hit that like button. That's very, very important. <laughs> Jen's getting high. Uh, You know, I could put you away in prison for doing that, you know. Uh, that uh, definitely is, uh, is illegal, according to my You're partner. the reason
0: all the people that are there in the first place that now have to be l- Expired. You, know,
2: you know, the great news is, is that Joe has been hoodwinking the American people for so long. It really goes to show you that once you convince the people that you're actually doing good by them, uh, it never really made much of a difference. Because, again, here's the key. No one who's in prison for marijuana is going to be taken out of prison as a result. Isn't <laughs> that wonderful? <laughs> See, here's awesome my number. thought.
0: Let's say that I'm willing to keep the prison industrial complex going. Let's say, hypothetically. Oh, no, it's okay. wonderful. Okay. All right. Wait, wait, wait. I know. But here's my thought. <clears throat> we let out all of the nonviolent drug offenders, drug users, all those people. That sounds like false money. I don't know. No, no. Wait for it. Wait for it. And we fill it up with all the big pharma people and people like the Sackler family. And all the people that sell opioids and all the people that have been price gouging us on medicine, we fill it up with them. So in that way, you would save the prison complex because you could still make money off of those people. That's my thought. That's my compromise. You keep your prison complex. You fill it with. Oh, and you could fill it with the Wall Street bankers. I can like if I could make the list of people to fill it. I'm totally good with with you guys keeping your prison complex.
2: I know that sounds like a great idea to you, and I, I normally would agree with you, but unfortunately, <laughs> they've given me a lot of money over the years for yeah. the foundation of my campaigns. I, uh, I just simply have to look the other yeah. way. Well, because
0: you should be one of the people in prison.
2: You and your wife, prison. I made the prison industrial complex <sighs> what it is today. Oh, I am the prison industrial complex. Yeah, they can't touch me. Yeah, they call you me and Joe.
0: You and Joe.
2: Uh, Prison Joe. industrial
0: complex Manchurian. partners in crime.
2: Joe's not all the way there anymore, unfortunately. Yeah, well. He's sundown it. You can tell time. while
0: he shakes hands with people behind him that aren't there.
2: I'll tell Joe to watch his step. <laughs> he might take a nasty spill and uh our good friend Kamala might be uh, the commander in chief. I'm sure you'd love that. Yeah. You didn't hear it from me. I'm just simply suggesting. I'm not sure she's
0: your him. Manchurian candidate. That's why.
2: Uh, she's a lot more than that i'm sure she is i'm that's so disgusting uh, well you know I, I can't keep it a secret forever oh, so on. gross call me Ugh. good to see you jack <laughs> <laughs> what this is funny <laughs>
1: So I hope you guys enjoyed. I, it's, it's really gross. To make it.
0: Like I can't even begin to tell you. Like it's really gross when he's when you're sitting here like that with the, with the thing like it's really like I get the it, I really get the vibe. It's very unsettling. It's so gross because that's why Bernie's the only one that I don't get all skeeved out by. You get very method.
2: You have to. <laughs> Gonna do and
0: it's true, like, it, it, right, well, the only one that Right, it's the only one, when, when he, Bernie's the only one That doesn't make me kind of go like this You put on Bill or Joe or Don And I'm like, come on, man Ugh. And I feel like nah, With him, funny. I'm just like, I feel like you want To touch my hair, and it's just It's so gross You're
1: <laughs> gonna, gonna I don't know, man, I'm, I'm kind of bored But anyway uh, <laughs> Saturday, 2 p.m., the yeah, yeah, yeah. uh Saturday, at 2 p.m. Yeah, Jen's buzzing.
0: I am a little bit. Jen's but buzzing. but in all fairness to me, guys, you know that when there's guests on and stuff, that's not the case. And I'm definitely gonna be very sober on Saturday. Hmm. Um, but you know, if we're gonna be stood up, I might as well enjoy it. Yeah, you know? why not? This is my point. But you you guys know no, I don't ever fine. I don't ever I don't ever pull out and smoke in front of any guest that isn't someone like uh, Steve Grumbine or, you know, Jordan. I can just like just people that are like friends. I, oh, but I, if we're interviewing someone, I don't do that.
1: Because I smoke. Oh, well, Uh, that was a good try. Anyway, uh, can't hide it anymore that I actually participate in the cannabis.
0: Well, and did you just say cannabis? You're starting to hang out with me too much. I think that's so something I would say. Is the plural of cannabis should be cannabis?
1: I'm going to show you guys how you really smoke it. It's and weird. I never really
0: it's smoked. weird. No, but he's weird. Like no, because you smoke it like it's a cigar, and no cannabis users do that. Like if I brought you into the Astor Club in New York and you did that, they'd laugh at you. I'm telling you, they'd be like, you're in the wrong bar. It's you do it like. You're, can you do... I can't do rings. I've never been able to do rings.
1: Yeah, I can do rings. You think? I'm doing rings real quick for you guys <laughs> so you can see how it's done. I don't think you can like do the rings.
0: The only people I've ever really seen successfully do rings are smoker smokers. You don't smoke enough to do rings. No. No. No.
1: It's not... I got to get...
0: No. Um, you can't do it. What's he smoking from? Oh, guys, that's my bullet. I use these. These are little... They're not one hitters. They're kind of like multi. You cannot. Oh, for God's sake, you cannot do it. You look like a lizard. That's not that's not it. I'll get my friend Christy on here and she'll show you how it's done. But um, no, that's not it. It's called a bullet. And it's my preferred
1: lipstick on my face. What the heck are you talking about?
0: Where? No,
1: I don't have lipstick. on. Do you?
0: No, Uh if anything, he, well, you might have been kissed by somebody tonight, like that came up and like was like, hi, I think I would remember that if that. No, not kissed like that, but maybe where someone, like it could have been Z that came up next to you and she was talking to you or something and got lipstick on you. That's the kind of thing. Mm. She looked great, by the way, guys. Z looked beautiful. Yeah, you'll see us. And well, first of all, Z always looks beautiful, but she looked extra beautiful and orange. All right, I feel better now. So I, okay, okay. so this is what I'm telling you guys. So this is a bullet, it's my preferred. Apparati of choice. I have them
1: in multiple colors. That's a good, one turkey. I'll give you that one. And
0: and this is basically a very inexpensive, easy, portable thing. And also, it reduces the amount of smoke. And it and it um, you go through less product and less flour. And it's perfectly portable and fits in your front
1: pocket. Yeehaw!
0: So and it also fits perfectly at, with a stash in alongside in an Altoids tin. So
1: for anybody who's looking for any type of. Uh sound advice oh
0: if you need advice about paraphernalia or stash tins or cleaning now what i would like to oh, do is yeah. if anybody is interested this is my idea for an invention and i think it would be good but i do know how expensive it is to do a patent search and all that an really etsy not, that i could put up i do it's just wicked gypsy designs on yeah. etsy but you got you gotta look at, so Wiki this is the thing guys if sport. anybody who has a good like who's good at like inventing things or whatever i think that we need to create on something com? it's on no, no, no. It's that you have it's on it's an Etsy store, so it's through Etsy. We need to invent a bong snake. And hear me out. It's basically the same concept as a toilet snake, but it needs or a sink snake, but it needs to be flexible to fit through different configurations and scrub the glass, right? <clears throat> and the problem is, is when you come up with things like that and you approach other cannabis users about stuff the motivation is definitely not high with them. like they got lower motivation right and so i said to a very good friend of mine i'm like i i think we need to do a thing called the bonk snake and he goes we have one it's called the hanger and I'm like, okay, but but I feel like we could class it up a bit. So if anybody has any knows anyone, please take the idea, go forth,
1: create a bong snake. I'd be very happy to promote it. Guys, please go to Wicked Gypsy Designs on Etsy. Check out Jen's work. You probably might be very impressed with what she does. You're very
0: supportive. You're, really like you're very supportive of that.
1: And finally, on Monday, we will have Jordan Cheriton of Status Quo on to discuss the current labor strike that is happening for the amazon workers up in albany could be the second one in the state of new york we'll also have a local friend uh, wayne clark who's running for one of the plantation city council at large seats so we hope you will join us then but of course on saturday as you know deconstructing zionism from 2 to 5 p.m lots of wonderful guests and for those of you of course who want to know them the hour that you will find katie halper and Ronnie kalik will be 3 p.m so with that in mind, thank you so much. Appreciate your support, and we'll see you Saturday.
0: Bye. All. Thanks for watching. If you want to support our mission to transform politics into service, please like this video, subscribe, follow us on social media, and consider joining our Patreon, where you'll get early access to our interviews as well as other exclusive content. Links are in the description. Peace out.